Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 3.22, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. The podcast, the talk show, the New York sports, the stuff with the guy, and the thing with the guy, and the gumasigam. And uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, a lot of sports, a lot of stuff. Uh, one of our very important members is in some pain. He's having back pains. He's going to gut it out because he's a professional. He's going to rise above it because he's a professional. He wants larger bread like Nigel Tufnell. Uh, so let's get right to it because there is a ton to talk about. A ton of spots. Episode 3.22. The podcast will be available immediately after the show on iTunes. I feel goofy, Cal. I am in a goofy mood. Let's let me bring you in. Make it official, like I'm sorry. Look, I'm not even like bringing you in. Uh, <laughs> hey, here he is, uh, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in this rhyme, Mr. Brian Calniva Capino Caliente. I don't know why I made you Latin. You always do. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. I feel goofy. Something, something's amiss here. You know, it's been... It's been it's, one of those days. It's it's just been one of those days, but not in a bad way. Just a lot, lot going of, on. One of those days or one of those evenings? <coughs> I see. Evenings. I see. Ooh, I got the wrong pipe there. What is the right pipe? Uh, the right pipe would not result in you choking like that. You got two pipes, all right? One pipe you're going to breathe through. One pipe you're going to drink, eat through. And if you get the liquid or the food down the wrong pipe, results in, in a... You have that. In a situation like this. and, and Wow. Yeah. That's good radio right there. Well, you know, it's, sometimes you can't hit the mute button fast enough. It's just you, Yeah. You know what would have been good? Me dying on the air. No, come that, on. That's ratings. That's not a ratings bonanza. Not even sweeps right now. It, it's not sweeps. We will definitely uh, kill me off uh, during sweeps. I'm not giving any. There's no spoiler alert here letting you know that my character 
uh, on RT will be killed off. Of course, played, as we decided uh, a few weeks ago, by... Uh, who did we go with for me in RTU, the movie? I think we went with Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Right. And so he'll have a, uh, a lipper of tobacco in the entire time. But it's it's okay because it's just a contract negotiation, so you'll probably be back in the fall. That's correct. But we don't know. We don't know. How's, have... your, how's your week going? I feel like uh, I'm dominating the early stages here. Well, it's only a couple of minutes in, so there's no dominating yet. It's fine. Um, okay. My, my, week was, uh, my week is long. It's been a long week. Right. I tell you, these weeks are long. <laughs> they get long. <laughs> you know, it's, luckily it's not um, – we weren't off. I didn't have – we didn't have a Monday holiday because I've got – I've got two theories on this, and I'll give I'll share them real quick, and then we'll get into the sports. Please of the day, uh, two two theories on the week. The first is that the short week is really no bargain, if you ask me. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it's no bargain. Listen. What are you? Work, Seventy-eight years old. <laughs> work. He's no bargain either. Let me tell you something. <laughs> work doesn't care from a short week. No, they, right? don't, they don't know from a short week. No, because you got to get five days' worth of work done, and in a regular week, you have a nice five days. You pace it out leisurely. You get your work done. Right. Four days, concentrated. It is concentrated. That's true. Four days. So, so you know, by the time you hit Wednesday, you feel like you've worked a whole week. You didn't even work Monday. Never even thought of it that way. That's my first one. The second one... <laughs> Into the bargain. Second theory I have... <laughs> You know who you sound like? My Aunt Millie. <laughs> I'll tell you what, she's no bargain either. Second thing? Yes. Yeah, let me do it this way. Let me ask you a question, Steve. What's the worst day of the week for you? What do you think of the days, Monday through Friday? What's the day of the week that you find to be the worst? Uh, Monday. Yeah, see, that's a popular answer, Monday. <laughs> this works out perfectly because you played right in. I did. It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. Tuesday's the worst day of the week? Allow me to explain. Please. We need we need Calvi Explains music. PJ, Mon- we're going to bring PJ in in a couple of minutes. We need Calvi Explains. Cal Explains. All right. So on Monday, it's Monday. Right? No, no. That's, that's Cal takes his pants off and delivers a pizza. That is not Cal Explains. Did somebody order a pepperoni? <laughs> oh, now it's filthy and so are we. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Monday is a Monday. Right. And Monday sucks no matter what. Right. You know, Garfield was very clear about that. That's right. Mondays. He did not care for Mondays. Garfield, Bob Geldof, they all hate Mondays. That's right. Leaves, right. leaves them cold. <laughs> so, so Monday you throw out because it's just a given that Mondays suck. That's correct. And if anything positive happens on a Monday, you're ahead of the game. Just another Manic Monday. I'm going to skip over Tuesday because I'll get back to that. Wednesday is when it's the hump day. It's the middle of the week. So no matter how bad your week is going, once you hit Wednesday, you are now over the hump. That's aptly named. All right. So you got half the week behind you. Right. <laughs> More accurately, it's lunchtime on Wednesday. That's where you hit the... That's you at the, the true... The, mid, the, yeah, the summer solstice. That's right. That's right. You stand an egg on its head. 12 o'clock on a Wednesday. On Thursday... Everybody loves Thursday because Thursday night you go out drinking. You're at the end of the week. You just got your Thursday. You've worked a whole week. You got one more day, one more day to get through. The light is right there. You see it. It's at the end of the tunnel. 
So Thursday's not Thursday's not a bad day. Thursday, and you you can always fake through a Friday if you're hungover then, or yeah, whatever. Friday, can Friday, totally fake through. Fridays. Right. Come on. What are you a farm worker? Right. <laughs> Friday. Nobody works Friday. What are you out on the land? Nobody. Come on. <laughs> so now you go back to Tuesday. Why is Tuesday the worst? Because by Tuesday, you feel like you've worked half the week already. Because Monday was so bad. Monday was so bad. You get to Tuesday and you you find yourself like around one thirty, two o'clock on a Tuesday, and you're exhausted. And and you know your boss has just been beating you down, and he's been running you ragged. You know. There's a Springsteen song in here somewhere, by the way. <laughs> yeah, was, a, or a Bob Seger song, maybe. There's a Bob Seger song in here somewhere. He's just hassling you. Right. Yeah, that's all he's doing. And and it's Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Or her. Or her. He, she. That's correct. Her, whatever it is. And you look at the clock. It's 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. And you feel like you've been there all week. And then it hits you. You've still got more than half the week left. Yep. That's right. Dear God, what do you what do you do at that point? How do you cope? Me, I start drinking. Okay, two o'clock on a Tuesday. That's correct. Fair Co- enough. Couple of Chardonnays, what of it? So that's my theory: is that you know, and everybody laughs at me when I tell them. Well, now you watch because when I introduce this theory into people's lives, invariably they come back to me and they're like, "Son of a, why did you tell me about that? Because now Tuesday sucks. Now I hate Tuesdays. I hate Tuesdays. Now we have to change Garfield's whole thing." Totally. I I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot. You know, it's pretty good that Bob Geldof did the Live Aid thing. Tell me why. (laughs) No, that's in the song. I know. (laughs) Well done. Oh, I didn't. No, no, no. You say that. Say what? Meeting is adjourned. (laughs) (laughs) You snuck that Tell Me Why in there perfectly. That was good. That was really good. You know what? Let's bring in our first test case, and then we'll get to the sports. We're going to talk about the Mets. We're going to talk about Bill Maher. We're going to talk about uh, the Yankees getting hot at the right time. You have something to talk about with uh, uh, the Subway Series. We have an interesting angle to take on that. Uh, I want to talk about the Jets uh, a little bit. We also want to talk about Between the Lines. Uh, the MLB draft was this week. Let's go back to our, uh, our draft heyday. But before we do all that, our draft heyday? Yeah, I bet you didn't know I had one, Cal. What? Yeah. Wow, I did. I do want to relate a story about being scouted though, by accident. Wait, by accident? That's right. <laughs> this is when it's safe to play with people who are really good. <laughs> first, let's, first, let's check out your theory with our producer, Bishop Pop Culture PJ. Hi, Bishop. And silicon chip inside head gets switched to overload. And nobody's going to go to school today. She's going to make them stay at home. And Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold. And you could see no reasons, because there are no reasons. What reason do you need to be shown? Oh, 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 tell me why. Tell me why. Thank you. (laughs) Can I get an impression? Instant impression. Bob Geldof. That's a singing instant impression. Very good. Thank you. Very solid. Geldof was done right very well. Thank you. Can you uh, carry that into talking like Bob Geldof with like a like a ridiculous British accent? Because isn't he sort of? We had to do this. We've got to feed the people. 
now. There is no tomorrow. We've got to do it. So please. The only thing I ever really heard him say was, uh, "Ladies and, and gentlemen, I, Led Zeppelin." No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who was that guy? Uh, that that um, would introduce all the bands. You, you would always said you, you you knew you had a good band name if this guy would introduce the band. It's the guy who whoever it was, the little British guy that we envisioned had once introduced the Beatles. Because it's it's uh you can just picture the little like mid fifties year old British guy who doesn't know what's happening and it's nineteen sixty and he's at the cavern. <laughs> There's all these screaming kids, he has no idea what's going on, but he's right. making That's money not hand his over element at all. Right. right. Making money hand over fist and he just gets on the stage and he gets, just goes, Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles <laughs> And then comes up. So if you could plug in your band name to that, you were good to go. You knew you were good. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody's anything? (laughs) Six pistols. Right. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, Led Zeppelin. He can't be more than like five foot five. Not tops. Tops. With short stubby hands. Right. Balding. Yeah. He looks like the guy in the Genesis video. Daryl Sturmer. Big gap between his teeth. Right. Who's the guitarist? Great. Great sandwich. Well, I can think of uh, I can think of some bands that would just be lousy for that. So I think I think that theory works. Like like if he had to introduce Creed, right. terrible. Right. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Creed. Yeah, no, no, that's no good. <laughs> it takes way too long. There's no enthusiasm there no. for that. Ladies no, and gentlemen, Striper. You know, it's right. not. <laughs> it just doesn't. You know, it just right. doesn't work. Uh, so, Peach, we we got to get to the sports. We're going to get to the big unload in a minute. But we're going to leave you on for the big unload because uh, I need you for this, too. We definitely You're you're definitely going to want to weigh in on this. But before we get there, the Beatles! No, before we get there. <laughs> um, so what do you think of Cal's uh, Tuesday's the worst day of the week theory? Let's test it um, out on Cal. Because you said invariably. You used the word invariably, Cal. I, I did. Well, you, you can't test it out until you reach an, the next Tuesday. Oh, I see. And the, and the person remembers, oh, crap. This oh. jerk told me about Tuesdays. Right. You know, and there's also, there's also, you also hold out that hope, because every once in a while you do get a Monday off on a three-day weekend kind of thing. That's true. You, you never get a Tuesday off. No. Tuesday's always a day that you're you're there. Hey, look, Tuesday blows. Now, we've decided. I like it's kind of hopeless. Now. It's kind of bleak. I like this theory. And and again, the 3 day the the off on Monday, no bargain either. Cuz you still got the worst day of the week. Concentrated week. He's like you, you can't enjoy your Monday. 5 into 4. Monday. Monday's <laughs> that's Ladies and gentlemen, 5 into 4. Yeah. Monday is like that uh, that no good deadbeat that your daughter married. No bargain either. He may he may look it reminds me of the Dom Irera bit about uh, you know that uncle that everybody has that Italian uncle that every Italian guy has uh, or girl you know he's like uh, hey you know what's what's going on how you doing ah oh, my wife's a pain in the ass my daughter's this I you know. My daughter married a no good nothing deadbeat scumbag. I got a boil on my ass the size of Jamaica, but you know me, I can't complain. 
<laughs> he like reads the litany of what is wrong in his life, and then the end of it is always, but you know me, I can't complain. Um, God, I love Don Myrera. You ever seen Don Myrera, Cal? I have. He's hysterical. Have you ever seen him live? Never seen him live. Uh, I've seen him in, in pictures and on right. TV. I'm going to uh, I'm going to name drop. We I not only have seen him live, I got to meet him a couple of times because he was from the same part of Philly as Terry, as our. Oh, nice. Terry Snell. And, Did he go down uh, to Broad Street and see the Flyers? He go down to Broad Street, see the Flyers. He does. He does have that though, without a doubt. He like when he's he's got a Philly accent that he can whip out in a heartbeat. But it's the Italian one. Who <laughs> the other the other great bit cow is the. Uh, he he used to do about teaching every uh, teaching somebody to be an Italian. I'm gonna teach you to talk like a genuine Italian. I got all the Italian phrases. Hey, oh, what's the matter with you? Who died and left you, boss? <laughs> and that's the that's the button on it. It's so good. That's great. <laughs> Who died and left you, boss? <laughs> and of course, he fits into Vinny Rotino, the uh, all star. Met utility man, Vinny Rotino. Vinny Bag of Donuts. Samirera, he take it a trip. He take it a trip. The trip is a nice. Uh all right, so let's do the let's do the big unload. Let's do it. Let's go to the big unload. Oh, new music part. This is merely Merely an excuse to play. It doesn't work, right? Not no. Work. You know what this would work for? Cal's shaking his head furiously right now. No, I'll tell you what. We could use this. We could use this. When we do a trivia question and we do like, uh, <laughs> the last man to strike out four times in a game. Jim Hickman, four home runs in a game. Here's a hint. Use <laughs> the net. <laughs> Try, uh, try, ladies and gentlemen, men at work. Let's Ladies and gentlemen, men at work! That's good. Not bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> let's play the real, let's play the, should we play the real? No. Not anymore. This it's is, a, tonight, this is the big unload. Tonight, this is the big unload music. All right, the big unload brought to you by Men at Work and Colin Haim. So good. Such a good band. Really very good. Yes, and all I when I first played saxophone, Cal, all I wanted to do was learn how to play this. Obviously, you didn't play sax. Yes, did. I did. did. What? Calvi played trumpet. I right did. Behind me. What? Yep. You know, I play a little trombone. We could get a, a little combo together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be something. There's the RTU a... horns. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Tell me, Doctor E Ray plays something. He must have. Dr. E. Ray played piano, there but he go. will never admit it, ever. He hates it. I, I don't know why. I, I guess it frustrated him. He never got good enough at it. I don't know what it was, but he played piano. He. I don't think he ever played a, like an in-band instrument. I played sax for a couple of years. I played clarinet first. Right. Well, that's the nat- natural progression. Right. Then you play the clarinet. You're like, never going to get laid with this, ever. Right. No chance. There's not a lot of call for the clarinet solo in the Springsteen, uh, you know, in in Who Can It Be Now? Men at Work, not really. Although he did play a clarinet. Right. Huey Lewis in the news. 
Huey Lewis in the News, of course, and Men at Work are the two reasons that I just and Billy Joel, who had Richie Canada, uh, of course. Yeah, well, the eighties were the decade. I mean, if you were going to pick up saxophone, that was you could get away with it. That's right. Yeah, a lot of pop music in the eighties. Cow is an excellent, excellent trumpet player. May have sat first trumpet. No, I never, I never got first trumpet. Was that? I don't doubt that for a second. He's got beautiful, supple lips. Was that wasn't the problem though, PJ? <laughs> I just I did not have the lung capacity. The lips were not the problem. You can say that again. The lips were not the problem, and the first trumpet, first chair, Brian Panetta. No, 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 could never. And and we used to. It was funny. We used to do challenges. Remember, we used to do challenges, and you used to challenge the person in the chair ahead of you to try to take their chair, and that would be how you worked your way up. I don't remember any of this because I was with Kuzminski and what is that a, a band blood sport? That every, doesn't make it sound right. Was it was it to the death? It wasn't to the death, <laughs> but uh, I could never seem to overtake the first trumpet, Lisa Swoboda. Lisa Swoboda, yes, yes. The first trumpet uh, was uh, a gal named Lisa Swoboda. She was the incumbent for like five years. Yes, heck of a softball player that gal, by the way. Wasn't she? She please. She can encode now. No, she. <laughs> no, she was a heck of a softball player. She played. She played very good softball. Or she played softball very well. I hate right. the, the ground. Uh, well, you know, I that was. I had. I, I, I asked for that. You know, all this, all this uh, reminiscing, and uh, PJ, if, if next uh, show you can have that ready to go anytime I say reminiscing, because I really I need that song. <laughs> Walking through Walking the park, the park. <laughs> fucking reminiscing. Hurry, don't be late. Oh, man. <laughs> that has got to be. What happened in the 70s? How did it happen? Can you, can you imagine trying to get that on the radio now? We're <laughs> well, dancing in the dark. Walking what? through the park and reminiscing. Oh, that had a sax? That had, yeah, sax. That had, that had a big horn solo in the middle, yeah. What's the name of that song? I don't think it's reminiscing. I, I think, think it's something yeah. like uh, Sugarland Fairy or something stupid, like no, non-related. I, I think that's reminiscing. All right. Um, okay. Uh, I was I was going to say all this reminiscing is uh, pertinent, and we'll talk about this. Obviously, we'll do a whole show on this, but our 20-year reunion is coming up. Yeah, rapidly approaching. Rapidly approaching. Uh, and so uh, our 20-year high school reunion, Peach, a lot going on. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk. You start talking about who sat first chair in band. You know, that comes up again. So anyway, here's a big unload, guys, because we've done 20 minutes of no sports, which is fine. I don't we'll care. Get, we'll get that right one week. It doesn't oh. matter. It doesn't matter because it's all leading to this. I am going to take myself to task, Brian. We've been doing the show for two and a half years, right? When would we say that the Tebow, Tebow mania, the Tebowsion, as I like to call it now, uh, started? Was it last year, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, he was drafted last year, so. He was drafted two years ago because he had a rookie year he didn't play. He I, thought, play. I thought last year was his rookie year. No. no, second year. His rookie year, he played like three games towards the end of the season under McDaniel, remember? And then this year was John Fox. You're right. So, anyway, 
I've been uh, – so here's what happens. Johan, Sant- uh, Johan Santana throws a no-hitter on Friday night, euphoric, met sweet euphoria. Uh, we even did a special show, which you can check out on iTunes, by the way, on Saturday, uh, talking about how great it was. Excellent show. Thank you, Peach. Excellent um, show. Thank you. And and a tip of the cap to our buddy Kev uh, for calling in. And also Daniel uh, Eldorado, the Good Yank fan. But uh, really, Kev calling in and giving uh, Met remembrances was, was awesome. That was just raw emotion that night. It was very raw. It was very raw. It was uh, Eddie Murphy, definitely. So... Uh, I'm having a great Met weekend. Dickie goes out and twirls a shutout the next day. John Neese throws six shutout innings the next day. They've taken the first three games against the Redbirds of the series. Monday morning, I'm on my way to work. They have a day game against the Cardinals. I'm thinking sweep. I'm thinking I'm, I'm high as a kite. I just might stop to check out the Mets. Right? I pick up my paper. What do I see? I see Bill Maher's smiling face in a Met hat with the headline that Mr. Met and the news that Bill Maher has, uh, is part of a, the front of a minority investment group who has bought a minority share of the Mets. One of those $20 million shares that we made so much fun of. Rightfully so. Uh, Bill Maher has bought one of them. He is fronting a group that has bought one of them. So he's a He's got a piece of the Mets. Bill Maher! So I texted you right away. Texted the boys in the RTU chat room. The glorious day. I love Bill Maher. Love Bill Maher. Always have. Big fan. Watch real time every week. Big fan. And then it hit me. I'm a hypocrite. Actually, it didn't hit me right then. <laughs> no, it took you a little time. It took me a couple hours yeah. of li- of listening to WFA. Then the Mets, of course, go out and lose that afternoon. Uh, and then Mike Francesa is on, and some of his callers, who are, I mean, let's face it, Cal, his his listenership is probably staunchly Republican and very conservative. That's fair to say. And he is as well. I would say, although his favorite politician is Kennedy. Uh, He has a big infatuation with Kennedy. But Kennedy is basically a Republican by by today's standards. So anyway, after listening to a few of the callers call in who are A, misinformed about Bill Maher, but B, saying, I guess the Mets will take money from anybody. You know, this is a disgrace. And how could they take money from this unpatriotic guy and I'll never go to a Met game again and blah, 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 as if they were, you know, flocking there. But, um, and it dawned on me, I'm a hypocrite. But why? Well, I, I've I've long said on this show, I don't like, and this is almost specifically or, or exclusively in reference to Tim Tebow, but it's come up in a couple of other places. I have a problem mixing when when religion and politics mix in with my sports. I, I have long said that. I have a problem with that. I, I don't like... Uh, I it Not don't like. It turns me off when an athlete uses their sporting pulpit for either politics or religious uh, proclamations, as it were. Uh, I'm a hypocrite. Because it turns out 
I only, I only, I don't mind it so much <laughs> when the religion and politics are my religion and politics <clears throat> in my sports. That seems to be okay. Now, uh, Bill Maher is not going to be, you know, he 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 owns about one eightieth of the Mets or whatever it is. Um, and he's from New Jersey and he grew up a Met fan and <clears throat> he had his older sister at the game and it was, it was like a family thing and you could tell it, it meant a lot to him and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I don't doing this he, for financial gain. That's correct. He's also he's doing not, this because he's a super fan. And also he has the money to do it. He's said, oh, I mean, we could get into his politics and, and how wrong people are with what they think of Bill Maher. Or think he said about nine eleven, or uh, we we get into all that, but it doesn't make a difference. The point is, I don't think he's buying the Mets so he can preach politics and religion. No, I don't think he's going to use that. But it still is hypocritical of me. And the question I ask you guys, I want you to tell me. Here's the question I have for you guys: What would I be saying right now if Rush Limbaugh had fronted the group? You guys know me well and know my politics pretty well and know my uh but you know beliefs on religion and stuff like that pretty well. What what would I be saying? What would this unload look like if Rush Limbaugh had headed up a group that bought a minority share of the Mets? I think it's pretty clear that this unload would be a little different. I don't know if you would uh if the composure you're currently displaying would be on on uh in full effect. Um, it would play more into your uh, beliefs about Tim Tebow. You would have had a better argument. Would have made you more consistent had it been Rush Limbaugh, and you would have, you know, your outrage at that would have matched your outrage at at, at the Tebow thing. So I think you think it, you really think it would have. You really? I, I'm oh yeah. To, I think I think I think I'm trying to see if I would have been able to. If I would have been, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Cal. I'm just saying, I'm trying to, I'm wondering if it's possible I would have, while I would have hated it or not liked it, I'm trying to see if I would have been able to separate it. No. I don't think you would have. I wouldn't be able to say the same thing that I'm saying about Bill Maher, about Rush Limbaugh, that he's not going to use the team as a bully pulpit. Uh, knowing you, no, I don't think so. That's fair. PJ? I don't think so. I mean, it's, again, it's it's spec it's purely speculative. Right, Peach. I'm a little confused. Well, that's not your job to be confused. I, well, I know. <laughs> I am the Nigel of the group, and I understand <laughs> this. Um, because I never got from you the vibe that it would have mattered so much the politics of the owners. I understand when you made your you know your your, your screed about uh Tebow and players. But I didn't think that it extended to um uh, the owner. So I, have, this is actually uh, strange to me. We it's, have it's, Now I was thinking about that Peach and we have an example and we probably actually have tape of it. Um, from this show, when Donald Trump was rumored to be uh, interested in the Mets, right? That that happened, did it not? No. Yes. And I 
I think I, I, I want to say I said at the time, I don't care who buys them as long as they spend money on them. Like Trump would probably wind up being a great owner. I think I said that at the time because I just I just don't want the Wilpons to own the team. Right. And, you know, Trump would turn into Steinbrenner. He would do anything and spend anything he possibly wanted to to win. So, you, Pete, you may be right. I, I, I don't think I had that problem with Trump, Cal. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't. Feel, I, I, I just I feel like Rush Limbaugh is... is you use such an different, yeah. You use such an extreme example, but that's the best example I could think of because it, it correlates to Bill Maher. It's a good yeah, example. It, it really does. Um, and of course, now Bill Maher is going to get booed when he shows up to games, which is ridiculous. See, I don't. Uh, it depends. I really don't think he will, Peach. What will there be? New, will, will there be New Yorkers there? Of course, he'll be booed. I don't well, think he's going to allow Republicans in the park anymore. <laughs> See, now that's that the sort of thing, if you say that, I, I don't know. Right. No, no, that's – you know what? Cal's joking, but those are the kind of calls that they were fielding on on Monday. God. I mean, people people on Sports Talk Radio here being completely serious. Talk about a misunderstood figure. Right. You know, saying things like, uh, you know and, – and Francesca said, well, you know he hates religion. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, okay, very, very we're going to start against, with fair point number one. Very against religion. Very against religion. And then you had some guy call up and say, you know what, this is a disgrace, Mike. You know, he's come out against the Catholics. He's come out against uh, uh, Christians. He's come out against the Jews. You know, who, uh, who uh, you know, organized religion, Judaism. And and Mike says, well, he's you know, he's come out against all of them. You know, he doesn't like organized religion. And the guy, no, 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 Mike, not Islam. Like, not, right. not not the Muslims. That's There's like, the informed electorate. <laughs> Say, buddy, actually, you're you're and Francesca, to his credit, Cal, I don't know if you heard it, but Francesca, to his credit, said the guy was wrong. Said he's come out against all religions. That's what his he's against organized religion. So Francesca actually corrected the guy, and I I have to. I, it's very seldom that I can give Mike Francesca credit. Because he complete, he completely butchered all the nine eleven stuff with uh, with Bill Maher, but on this point he he corrected the guy and he said it's not about one religion he's against organized religion, right. which is somewhat accurate. Uh, he's not vehemently against it, uh, you know he doesn't hate it. But anyway, point uh, point counterpoint on giving Mike Francesa credit. <laughs> I'll just follow up with that by uh, he also he accused Bill Maher of taking credit for the Mets turnaround. He said Bill Maher's taking bows. The Mets are the Mets are winning now because of Bill Maher. Right. You know it's because of him, right? Right. Which Maher, who's a comedian, I might add. Uh, Maher said, uh, "Hey, look, they don't have a no hitter for fifty years. I buy the team; they get a no hitter." Right. So yeah, I do think it's me. He's joking. He's a comedian. Yeah, I mean, the only comedian I know of that was never funny. Yeah, got to be, got to be a send up. Of course, we're talking about Mike Francesa, a guy who didn't realize that Anchorman was it. Anchorman. Yeah, yeah I think it was Anchorman. <laughs> didn't realize that Anchorman was a parody. 
also didn't realize that Al Albuquerque was a real human being. Right. Well, that was just that was just obstinance about a caller. He thought the call, you know, he's just and he can't admit that he was wrong. A caller called up and said, "How about that lefty Al Albuquerque?" You got to you got to make up a better name than that. Uh, Mike, he's a reliever on the Detroit Tigers. That is anyway. quite a name, though. Come on. You know, you know the game that you were watching last night? You know, the Yankees? he pitched against the Yankees last night. <laughs> In the playoffs, Mike? Um, anyway, so this is the big unload. Am I... Is, I, don't, I don't think you're a hypocrite. I feel like one. I don't think you are. I think it's a complex situation. <laughs> it's a complex series. Billy Mumphrey was a cockeyed optimist. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't... I, I don't I don't believe this is hypocritical for you. It's just it's an it's an odd mix of it's like mixing church and state here. It's mixing your politics with your sports fandom, and you know it's okay to be happy. Right? No, but I guess I guess I'm I guess what what I feel is that I guess it's okay for a figure like that to be involved with one of my teams as long as I agree with his politics or his religion. Well, let me ask you, does does it change the way you feel about Tim Tebow? Or well, let me know. Let me back up. The fact that Tim Tebow's on the Jets, does that change the way you feel about him? Or does it does it at the very least mute the way you feel about him? I think wow, these are good questions all. I think Tebow being on the Jets is worse for me. Yeah, it's from that aspect. It's it's just every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think since he since they made the trade, and knowing that the media is ridiculous, knowing that Mark Sanchez is going to be the quarterback, um, I my dislike of that entire situation has lessened. I will say that. Okay. Well, now. We'll have to check back in July when training camp starts in early. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because right Let me now, ask you a hypothetical. Okay. Bill Maher keeps his stake in the team, and then next week we hear that Rupert Murdoch. Oh boy. Is also buying a stake in the team. How do you react to that? You know what? I got to be honest. I don't, and and I'm being completely honest here. Rupert doesn't buy. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. Uh, no, that doesn't. I, for some reason, that doesn't bother me. Well, then that, why Mar? It 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 Mar doesn't bother no, me. No, he's it happy. It bothers you. It bothers you that that you're happy about it. I don't. No, I I, don't I, I I'm saying the fact that I have such a problem with the Tebow situation, and 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 Tebow is unfortunate and an unfortunate poster boy for me with this because. And and I don't think a lot of it is by his own doing. I really don't. I think forces outside him and around him have uh, – use him. I think they use him to to uh, uh, for a message. I, I really do. I, I know he – I know he's a part of it, but he's like – he's like the great hope. Well, let me – So, so I, I feel like some of it – I'm sorry, guy. I just feel like some of it's a little out of Tim Tebow's control by this point. Well, I, he welcomes a lot of it. Don't get me wrong, but he he has turned into the poster boy for me for this because of the proselytizing from a post game interview. 
you know what I mean, where his religious beliefs necessarily don't really matter when he's asked about the third and five. You know? And again, maybe he didn't do that. Maybe I'm, I think I'm overreaching it. But what I'm saying about Mar is, if that bothers me, then Mar should bother me too. And it doesn't bother me because I like Bill Mar. <laughs> the whole concept of politics and sports mixing should bother you. Right. Across the board. Across it, the board. And it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm finding out that I can be picky about it. Well, but isn't isn't that the whole inherent thing about politics? Is that well, Bill Maher may never mix politics and sports here. He, he may not. But he's silent on the map. He may not, but he but he's he's a representative of one side, and and, he, and happens to be the side that you're on. And he's that, that's absolutely true. And also, he's a divisive figure. Right. I mean, Tim Tebow is not a bad guy. He's a great kid. He's a great kid. I have nothing against him per se <laughs> anymore. No, no, even when he was with the Broncos. I, de- I don't have anything against him personally. I think he's a great kid. Yeah? No, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That took a little while. I didn't think you liked him that much. I didn't at first, and now I, you're right. It, it has so, grown as I've seen him. So that so that goes back to the fact that now that he's a Jet, your feelings have well, been... It's not because he's a Jet, though. It's because I, I have daily exposure to him. Well, because he's a jet. You wouldn't otherwise have daily exposure to him. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying it's not the laundry that has changed the over. bringing up something, something, something here. He's got a thread here. <laughs> what, what is it? Tell him. No, it, it, it really <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. No, no. but I'm saying, I, I'm saying, Cal, I don't, I don't, I haven't gotten to know him and, and maybe uh, Tim Tebow and maybe been a little better with Tebow simply because he's going to be wearing green. Like I'm not better with him because he's right. green. I'm I'm better with him because he's wearing green. I've heard about him every day and I know more about him and I have more exposure to him. And and you know some of the misconceptions that I had about him have been a, a little bit uh, erased. That's the that's the law of unintended consequences. <laughs> when something happens, when 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 you're thinking about something else and then something else happens or you're working on something and you do yeah, something by we we got it. You, you didn't expect, <laughs> right? <laughs> but to back to your point, Peach. There was the, the yeah the 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 idea that the, the reason I brought up a guy like Rush Limbaugh, like you said, Rupert Murdoch, I I I wouldn't have a problem with that. I don't know why. Doesn't strike me as problematic that he would own a piece of the mess. It really doesn't. Just like it doesn't, the, the, you know, there there are probably three names that you could say that I really just wouldn't. I, I just I think this Bill O'Reilly means something different to you. Uh, you know what? Bill O'Reilly would be okay. ownership. Yeah. Okay, again? I, Cal said Bill O'Reilly. I said Bill O'Reilly would be okay. Yeah. Limbaugh Limbaugh has a special place in my heart. I thought he was great on Monday Night Football. You know he wasn't. Uh, he was he on Monday Night Football or NFL? Yeah, no, uh, Monday Night Football. He was fine. I, Dennis he, Miller. You know, Glenn Beck is is another one. Like those are names. I I just I don't want Glenn Beck involved with my baseball team. 
But there are people that feel that way about Bill Maher. So I have a to. A lot of people. A lot of people. You know, I so I have to uh, I have to just realize that it you know maybe it's a touch hypocritical to have such a problem with uh, Tim Tebow or with oh. you know the uh, you know uh, uh, players mixing religion and politics. I guess. Are you, I, boy, are you worried that in some way you feel like you're going to have to be defending Bill Maher now? Yes. Somebody, some loudmouth somewhere. You're going to end up in some sort of chat room. Right. Screaming at somebody, not about the Mets, but Bill Maher. Right. I don't don't know about worried, but I immediately became defensive on Monday when those calls started coming in. Immediately. Immediately started becoming defensive of Bill Maher because people uh, who are calling in are – uh, uh, misunderstood or have misconceptions about Bill Maher, his stances, his politics, his comedy, and I, all of a sudden, maybe I don't like. You know what? Maybe I don't like Maher. Maybe we're getting to it because now I have now I have to defend my political stuff with sports. No, but no, you like Maher. You don't like him owning your team. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe I don't want him involved with the team because you know my first inclination was to call up. Uh, uh, Francesa to correct the ridiculously incorrect uh, statements that people were making about what Bill Maher said on Politically Incorrect about 9-11. Not one person got it right. Not one person. You know, and that was my inclination. And what does that have to do with the Mets? And yet that was my inclination. So you're right, Pete. You hit the nail on the head. Bingo, bango. You know, I know you pretty well sometimes. You both you both have really broken me down pretty good here. Let's talk let's talk about pitch selection. <laughs> you know, when you, I mean, let's let's get between the uh, the the lines here because uh, I feel uh, diagnosed. You feel better? I don't know if I feel better. Mm. I I want to be I want to be excited and happy that a guy uh that I like but more importantly, you know, a guy who uh, – I, I want to be more excited that they were actually able to sell a minority portion of the team than somebody that wasn't named Wilpon. You know, somebody actually bought the team. That's good. Somebody somebody outside of the Wilpons actually bought a minority stake and bought one of those $20 million deals. That's good. That means that they're on their way back. To, somebody must have thought they were a good investment. Yeah. It also means the price of a ticket to one of Bill Maher's shows is going to go way up. <laughs> He's a fan. He's been a fan of the Mets. He says it on real time all the time. You know, and and he, he knows he's rich. He says all the time he's in the 1%. He's not a 99%er. You know, that's another misconception that they immediately said, "Oh, he, he's, he's liberal. He's got he's liberal. Somebody should tell him that 20 million dollars doesn't make him a 99%er." Uh, dummy. He said that. Like a, see, and I'm calling names. See, see what happens. This, this is no. This is this is this is at the heart of it right here. And I'm name calling now. Yeah. Mm. Deep, and I'm, deep and in I'm your chest, you've got a knot because you you feel this coming. It's gonna ruin everything. <laughs> right. You're gonna you're gonna have a whole new method of tweeting now. <laughs> what should be enjoyable is gonna be ruined. How do you think it's an issue? 
All right. Who cares? Who cares who's a 180th owner in the Mets, for goodness sake? Well, a lot of Mets fans. I know I don't. Let's publish a manifest and see who all the owners are. Right. (laughs) Probably some unsavory characters there. Wouldn't know it. Mm -hmm. Probably some unsavory characters. No, that's, that's true. I uh, I appreciate the Rosado brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Right. <laughs> Chichi Rosado. Oh boy. Oh boy. Vinny Martino. Vinny. Frankie Pantageli. Frankie Pantageli. Frankie Five Angels as a piece of the mess. <laughs> the contingent from Howard Beach. That, that's not good. <laughs> Uh, all right, good. I'm glad I got that off my. And you know what? Maybe it means I just need to go uh, a little easier on uh, on Tebow too, yeah. and on that on on that marriage, right? Because I uh, it's it's there. You know, I don't know. I I I will say this. I'm sorry. I'm happy that he uh, <clears throat> he bought a piece of the team, and I'll tell you why. Can only mean one thing. Black Panthers own the Mets. <laughs> How is this possible? Huey Newton. Uh, Elton John. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> That's like... too far now. Yeah, now you've gone too far. I don't want to go on with you like that. Can it... Uh... <laughs> wow. Cal mixes the Tell Me Why and you mix in the Elton Well done, gentlemen. Are you wearing big, ridiculous glasses right now, Peach? Um, If you want me to. Be magnificent. Uh, let me let me let me close the big unload with this, and then we're going to talk about the Mets and the Yankees and the Subway Series because Cal has something to say about that, uh, which is coming up this weekend. Um, lastly, Bill Maher will now. Uh, can it be long before he tells Jerry Seinfeld? Maybe get in here. Well, did you hear what happened? Jerry said that was all that was brought up when uh, it's just the natural progression of Bill Maher who's a huge Met fan, bought into the Mets. And Jerry Seinfeld, who's even richer. Uh, and, it's not even close. And may even be a bigger Met fan. Doesn't it seem logical that he would uh, he would buy in? Jerry Seinfeld uh, tweeted that he had just bought Bill Maher. Right. <laughs> They're which so is, funny. Which is really funny. Those are funny guys. We would uh, Seinfeld uh, invests under a pseudonym, Clark Kent. So look for that on the manifest. Yeah, he has to, right? He has to invest under some sort of Superman pseudonym. Yeah, Jarrell. Who's Jarrell? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> why, why does Jarrell own a piece of the Mets? Hey, I'll leave it. Leave it to the Mets to get all these comedians involved because they're such a joke of a franchise. Right? There it is. <laughs> am I right? Am I right? Am I, well, I mean, am well, I right? Only the Mets. Only the Mets could have a comedian on the team. <laughs> a, a liberal left wing comedian, okay? Who who's a nine eleven sympathizer? Oh. Right. <laughs> yep, that's what they called him. That's it. Uh, you you nailed it, Peach. You guys both nailed it. But he's Peach, moving, you, he's moving you nailed the it. front office to Park Fifty One. Right. This is this is my uh, this is my problem with it. I'm now going to have to defend Bill Maher. In in a in a. But no, but no, you don't. No, no, I know. I I know I don't. I know I don't. I'm saying I'm going to feel the need to. I want to sit with you on a park bench and give you a pretzel and pat you on the back of the head. You don't. You don't have to. I'm saying I'm going to feel the need to defend in an arena that I shouldn't have to be defending it in. 
that's that's where what it comes down to. All right, enough with this now. Who cares? Let's leave politics out of this. This is not crossfire. Hey man, don't push your politics on me. <laughs> Off the soapbox. I have dual citizenship, the United States and Florida. <laughs> All I know is I present this card at the border and they let me in. Florida's part of the United States. Hey, don't push your politics on me, man. Sir, that's a novelty card. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, great walk and sketch. Uh, the Mets today got a very big win. Let's talk about what's going on between the lines. Only the Mets. They had dropped two to the Nationals. Uh, things looking bad. Cal ready to jump off the fun time, good time Mets wagon. He was only on it for four days. And then that, that game the other night, I don't blame you, Brian. The game on Tuesday night was, I mean, as Keith aptly said in the 11th inning, Keith Hernandez, where are the dancing bears? Because it was a circus, a circus. Is that the first time you can recall a, a color commentator actually calling the opposing pitcher a, a rockhead? <laughs> it was great. What a rockhead! He was all oh, beside himself too. Fernandez, yeah, that was in the. Uh, What's he doing? In the bottom of the twelfth, and it was the Nats pitcher too. It wasn't even yeah. Met. It wasn't even a Met player. No, it was um, Detweiler. Right, Detweiler, uh, the pitcher for the Nats, who all he has to do is go up there and strike out. That's all he has to do. I mean, literally, just go up there and strike out. There's nobody out in second, and the winning runs on third base. Your job right there is to strike out. And he tried to bunt, and he fouled off. And, of course, the kid walked him anyway. Um, that was a tough watch on Tuesday night, for sure. A couple of huge issues here, Brian. Uh, and then I want to hear about your Subway Series thing, because the Yankees have righted themselves. They have? Yeah. Um, and are and are playing real good baseball. I don't know what they're doing tonight against the Rays. but um, Losing tonight, 5-1. Okay. But uh, they had taken the first two games of that series against the Rays. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I've been saying this for a while, you've said this, but you're not as big a believer in this as I am with this Mets team. Um, the, the, the pitching, the fact that you have those three guys, Cal, the fact that you have Santana, R.A. Dickey and, and John Neese at the top of that rotation means that you shouldn't in theory go through many long losing streaks. You should actually be able to win three or four games in a row at a clip because those guys are very good. And I'm not necessarily saying that those pitchers are going to win those games, but you should win those games or have a shot at winning those games, um, which prevents you from going into that losing 10 out of 12, losing uh, 12 out of 15. Um, Dickey, who is unbelievable again today, has 25 consecutive scoreless innings. Uh, he's got 38 strikeouts in his last four starts. I mean, he has been in like two walks. I mean, he has been unbelievable. And Santana's thrown back-to-back shutouts and a no-hitter. And Nice was great in his last two starts. So maybe he's finding it a little bit and becoming that third guy. Bry, the pitching is there to keep them competitive. Now they just have to get guys back in that lineup. And I'm telling you, Jason Bay can make a difference for this team. He absolutely can. No, I agree with that. You know, 
because when it, when a team goes into a collective slump, what kills them, right? What, what, what kills them is obviously they're not scoring runs, but they have very good starting pitching. Okay, so they can stay in those games. They can win those games three to two, two to one, four to three. What's killed the Mets, and the reason they're not ten or fifteen games over five hundred, is that their bullpen sucks. Yeah, it's been bad. But let's um. Well, there's a couple of ways we can go with this. The first, I'll I'll respond to what you said earlier about the senator. Know, I, the senator from Comac will respond. What are we on C-SPAN? Jeez, this is just like you know. We're so. Politic- Political Central tonight. I know. It's like meet the press over here. Go ahead. All right. So I, I, I'm i concerned about this team for a couple of reasons. Number one. You're a Met fan. I'm a Met fan. And that's the biggest reason in itself. Is, Correct. And, and you said it today. We're, we're just – we're conditioned for the other shoe to drop. And it doesn't help that everybody is waiting for the other shoe to drop and is there to remind you – the other shoe is going to drop. So your no-hitter was nice, and your eight games over 500, that's cute, you know, but, you know, some, something's going to happen. You know, okay. You're going to, lose, you're going to lose 10 out of 12 because they're playing over their heads. And I, and I agree with that to, to a point. I think they have been playing over their heads. But, you see, this is where I need to stop you. I need to stop you, and we need to talk about this. Because you – when do you start going by what you're seeing on the field? Well, don't, don't get me wrong. They, I'm going by what I see on the field in that I'm not completely writing them off yet because they've shown me that they've got some talent. They've shown me that they can do some good things. I just feel like the bad things that are there are too much. It, it's too much to overcome, and they just continue to rear their head at the worst possible time. Okay. So they have won every game that they have quote unquote needed. To win this season, have they not? I don't have, agree. I don't agree with that. No. Have, so they have not answered every time they're they're left for dead. Uh, today being the latest, mm-hmm. uh, they have won every one of those games. Most of the time, they do. Yeah, they have. They they have answered. What game have they not won well, where they needed to? Well, here's the problem with the, with the team, and, and you saw this all week, is that we we apply too many must win games to this team. You know, of the I, of the 55 games that they've played, at, at least 20 of them, we've said, oh God, they got to win this one. They got to win this one. But yeah, but I'm, to your I, t- but to your point, if they've won 15 of them, you're right. They most of the time they do pull themselves up off the mat. This group they, is resilient. Absolutely. That's that's A. B, the idea, what I'm talking about, look on the field. Let's go, let's break down what they have and what they have done well so far. Okay. Right? They get on base. They lead the league in two out hits, you know, two out hits uh, uh, to score runs. Okay. They have come back in, what, 20 games, 22 games. Uh, they show no quit. The bullpen, while awful, at times, has been just that. When it's bad, it's awful. There's literally a handful of games, five or six games, where they've blown one run leads. Now they've more turned, than that. No, no, they've turned some. They've turned some one run games into seven run games. But when trailing, all I'm saying is, yes, the bullpen is a problem. But it's not like there aren't guys there that can get outs. 
there are. They have to find the right combination. They have to find the right guys. They have plenty of young arms coming up through the, you know, Henry Mejia is going to be here soon. Uh, I liked what I saw out of Elvin Ramirez in the uh, in the first inning that he threw. He struck out Bryce Harper on three pitches, 97 mile an hour fastball on the outside. There's there's arms there, Bry. And I feel like it's a bullpen. Everybody's bullpen is wildly inconsistent. Oh, you're right. You're right about that. You know, think about when 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 uh, the Mets played the Phillies early in the season, and they came into that series. Phillies bullpen came into that series with like a 2.1 ERA or something like that, and they left with like a 6.7. And then since that series, they've gone back down to 2.5. You know, th- there's arms there. I don't disagree with you. Okay. Then if you look at this lineup, okay, Ike Davis has been, <laughs> my buddy called him, <laughs> Black Hole Sun Devil. <laughs> he, is, he has been, he's batting one freaking 60, okay? There is not a, as Howie Rose said today, there is not a positive stat to be had. And yet the game, the team is six games over five hundred with with one of the guys they were counting on offensively doing nothing, nothing. Okay, so they've gotten zero out of Ike Davis, and they're six games over five hundred, and they lead the league in two out base hits. And once again, they're high in the league in on base percentage because Kirk Newenheis uh, has been a revelation. Because Andres Torres, as bad as he's been, has gotten some big hits because. Uh, Scott Hairston is ridiculous. He's just a ridiculous person. Mm-hmm. He's got nine home runs or whatever. Uh, and seven of them are uh, against lefties in 61 at-bats. Uh, so they've gotten contributions offensively from places they wouldn't think they would get it. That's enough to keep them going. Yeah, how, how, Brian, how many games have they had a lineup that they planned on having? Three? One, probably. First game of the year. <laughs> yeah, opening day. That's what they thought they were getting. And yeah. you know what? That opening day lineup didn't include Kirk Neuenheis, which it now should going forward. So that wasn't even their best lineup. Now they get Jason Bay back, who, I mean, what what does it, does he have valley fever? What What's going on? He, he had an adverse reaction to some of this medication they were giving yeah. him. But... He has an adverse reaction to the ball when he's Only the Mets. Hey, but Jason Bay can make a big difference in that lineup if for nothing else than length, Cal. You can move Daniel Murphy back to where he belongs in the lineup in the two-hole. Again, look at what's between the lines. And and, and Dickey and uh, Johan Santana and Ari Dickey, is there a better top two in in the National League right now? Maybe Linscombe and Kane, but Linscombe's not pitching like it. Holiday, Holiday's hurt. I Strasburg, mean, uh, Strasburg and Gonzalez are better right now. Yeah, it's close. It's close. Because I tell you what, Dickie's nine and one. Yeah. I, now look, and he's he's striking out a batter an inning. I know. I know. I know. Uh, they're they're legit. If, if you take out the Braves uh, game where Dickie got lit up, Cal, you know what his ERA is. Uh, minus two. He's nine and zero with a one six one ERA without that game. Nine and zero, one six one ERA. Or even with this, even with that game, he's nine and one with a what two eight? Yeah, like a two two six ERA. Right. After today, I, I'm just saying they have a great one two. They have a real good third. And now, if you get Chris Young and Dylan G has been fine, 
in that four spot. He will give you quality outings. You have a chance to win games. And now maybe Chris Young solidifies that five spot. That was that was the biggest problem that I had with this team is that every fifth day they, they ran a tomato can out there. And now you can put Chris Young in that spot. And, it, and, it, and to your point, that reduces the possibility of that long losing streak because now you've got Chris Young. And Chris you Young, yeah, and you mentioned get Chris competent Young. starts out of the four and five. Well, and and that's all and, you're looking for. And the other thing is that if you match Chris Young up against a team's number five starter, ninety nine percent of the time you have the better pitcher. That's right. I you agree. know the fifth starters across the league are, are not that good. But look, it, 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 I guess it really boils down to the fact that I'm a skeptical Mets fan, and I'm always I'm always worried. You've been burned, baby. I've been I, I have been and. The other thing is that with this team, and we've talked about this, I, this team has grown on me in the first third of the year to the point that I'm really invested in them, you know? And I'm, 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 fighting, I'm fighting the urge to, to kind of go all in with them because I want to, but then they're the Mets and they have a lot of young players on this team and I don't know how it's going to end up. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm hedging a little bit. When I talk about, I know I don't think. Well, maybe I was on the ledge after yesterday. <laughs> I think I think Tuesday night put you squarely. Look, the window is open. I'm not going to lie. Because there, here's here's a problem. They're an awful defensive team. Awful. And and and, if, and when you take the late inning combination of being awful, awful defensively and an explosive bullpen, that's not great. It's it's the worst kind of mixture. Well, it, it, it's like I was talking about when a team goes into a collective slump, right? You have to be a good defensive team to get through that and win games three to two. You brought up a very good point, also, that this this team has the leader that's not going to let them get down. You know, in the past they had a, a very "woe is us" attitude when you had Jerry Manuel there. All they talked about was who was not there. That's it. You know, Terry Collins, he, he, every man that's on that, with the exception of Valdez being, because I think he's sick of him. Well, there's an, there's an Omar player for you. Yeah. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to give Mania all this credit for who's out there winning for the Mets. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's your player. There's your Omar player. And I'm not at all referring to his ethnicity. No, you're referring to the fact that he's got a ton of talent and he doesn't have a, a, his brain is the size of a pea when it comes to baseball instinct and knowledge and attitude, really. Yep. You know, he's just he, he's gotten by on talent, on, on raw talent his whole life, and nobody has ever held him accountable for, for learning the game or respecting anybody. Right. And that's, right. And that's a hallmark of Omar Minaya's guys. Yep. Yep. And, and you know what? You're seeing it a little bit even in Ike Davis. A sense of entitlement. That yeah. Ike Davis has. I mean, he argues every third strike call. He acts like he's been there for 10 years. Hey, buddy, you were handed the job. Okay? Enough with the griping and enough with the turning to the umpire and complaining and enough with the taking your hitting woes into the field. Well, it's the lazy play in the field. It's not yeah. – It's not. these aren't tough plays that he's botching. No. He's, he's half, these are half. lack of concentration and, 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 again, if you're hitting 160 – you better play some gold glove first base, my friend. Gold gloves. You know, don't botch easy double play balls, easy three six threes. Don't do it. 
And again, there's a sense of entitlement there. What is is that what they teach in the minor leagues when Omar was there? Well, who's well when you think back, who was the minor league coordinator when Omar was there? Bernardes. Until until Collins took over in no or in ten. Exactly. That and that's and that's the whole point. Tony Bernazard walked around with his shirt off, challenging <laughs> players in the in the locker room. Right. That's that's the that's the minor league coordinator. Yeah. Guy um, challenging guys to fights. Right. And then uh and then you had Terry Collins who's the polar opposite of that. Well, actually I shouldn't say the polar opposite. He probably would challenge somebody to a fight. Yeah. But he I don't think he'd take his shirt off. The I I feel like Collins is the right guy for the job. The quote about, you know, I I'm not gonna let them get down on themselves, Brian. Like, I love that. There's no yeah. there's no woe is me allowed in that locker room. No, and and after every tough loss, hey, you, it's clear that it's a tough loss to him. He doesn't minimize oh, the, the loss. He doesn't sugarcoat it. No. But he also doesn't let it linger. And, and every night that they lose a tough game, it's always, we'll get back out there tomorrow. You know? You just, you yeah. What I like about it is this sucks, but we'll get back out there tomorrow. Right. And but, gonna, you know, the, the big key is, like you said with Jerry Manuel about – well, you know, if we had this guy here or this guy here, you know, or we're just hold, just trying to hold down the fort till we get those guys back. Till we get, <laughs> you, know, you know, we're just treading water. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, just, you know, Terry Collins has not said that. On no. Purpose. That is not the message. The message is there's no waiting for anybody to get back. You're here. Do the job. Steve, you know what I trust? I, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no what, I, what I trust the most. And, and and what has prevented me from going out on the ledge really with this group is that it's there's a change in culture from the top down from 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 not not, not ownership but from the from <laughs> the management group of the organization Sandy Alderson and his people yep. from him down through the minor league system there's a complete change in attitude in philosophy it's a more sound baseball philosophy yep. on the field. It's a more positive attitude that they've that they've instilled in all of these guys, and that's that's the piece of it, coupled with their early success that's got them believing that they may be better than they have been told that they are. Right. And it's got their confidence up. I, that that's what prevents me from from completely checking out on this team. And they're in the middle of the toughest stretch of the season. It's well documented that this is the hardest. 25 games in a row that they're going to play all year. Right. And I'm and as up and down as I've been over the last week or so, I'm I'm holding any real judgment on what I think this team can do until after that time. But you the other but Brian, you watch watch this team every night though. You're seeing the hallmarks too. Like again, Go back between the lines. Yeah, the leadership is there. Absolutely. Sandy Alderson, Dee Podesta, uh, uh, Ricciardi, uh, you know, the the ownership on down, I mean, the uh, management on down, they have changed the culture. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're getting crap for not bringing in players. You know what they have done for this team in two years? They have completely changed the culture. You know, the, the, these guys that are coming up and producing – are producing because they have changed the minor league culture. They completely changed who Kirk Neuenheis was as a player. Completely. There's a reason that some of these guys were buried in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Okay, Manaya can get all the credit in the world for drafting them or finding them. 
but they're in the major leagues because of Sandy Alderson and because of uh, Dee Podesta and, and because Terry Collins and Terry Collins down there, right? And what they're preaching in the minor leagues now—it's a big difference. And 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 you don't have to go back that far. And people must have real short memories when we talk about changing the culture of this organization. It was only two years ago, less than two years ago. Yeah. The culture of this organization was, was disgusting. Yeah. It's not, it's not even two full seasons. I mean, and we were, people were embarrassed to be Matt fans because it was just it was such a joke of an organization, the way that it was run. Yep. And here's something I, I don't see talked about, Bry, but, you know, everybody's like, oh... <clears throat> They've had to use so many guys this year, and the bus keeps coming up from from uh, you know Buffalo or coming down from Buffalo, or whatever. And you just plug these guys in and they play. You plug them in and they play. Yeah, you know why? Because of the, what they're teaching them in the minor leagues. Because they're they're teaching them to play a certain philosophy of hitting, whether it's uh, on base percentage, taking pitches, being more selective. There's a reason that you can plug a 32 year old Vinny Rotino in who's been a journeyman his whole career, and all of a sudden he's a productive player at the major league level. Maybe not on an everyday basis, obviously. That's because they changed the entire organizational philosophy. Okay, and so these guys are buying into it. It's the same thing with pitching. Same exact thing with pitching. But give these guys credit for actually buying, you know, because... Oh, no, no, of course. No, no, because so, if no, you, no. But you, you, have to have to have, you have to have the right guy to buy into it because if the kid's not going to buy into it, it's not going to work. Well, if the kid's not going to buy into it, he's not going to be here. But now, but that wasn't always the case. No, but I, I, I'm saying everybody's you know scratching their head and sitting in me. Oh, you bring up Kirk Newenice and he's playing so well at the major league level and Lucas Dude has turned into an everyday player and stuff like that. It's, it's because they're, they are becoming more interchangeable. At the major league level, these kids come up and they're not overwhelmed. Or these kids come up and they're not being taught something that they never were taught in the minor leagues. Because it's a philosophy that translates to whatever level of, of ball that you play. Whether you're playing high school ball, minor leagues, major yep. league, the highest level. The philosophy that they're instilling in these kids, is this, it, it, you can apply it anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to do with raw talent. It has, to do, it has to do with... with a smart approach to the game. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I was going to say, lastly on this, Bri, that I feel like they haven't had in a long time that is going to keep them from losing streaks and, and not keep them from losing streaks, but help in these situations where you have an awful loss on Tuesday and it's just it's one of the worst losses. They kicked three double play balls. It was, it was a joke. It was laughable. Laughable. Is David Wright. Is David? They have a guy in that clubhouse who's a true captain. They haven't had one in a really long time. I think every player on that team respects him, and I think more importantly, he's finally ready to do it. He's finally ready to be the captain. He's shown it the other night, going up to Ramirez when he walked the first guy. You know, Elvin Ramirez, rookie, making his second appearance. He walks the first guy. Wright goes over to the mound. Talks to him, calms him down. He strikes out the side. You know, he they have a true captain that everybody knows is not a me first guy. And Wright's had a couple of big moments this season already, and none bigger than the broken pinky and playing the next night and hitting a home run in his first at bat. So 
you know, remember, when you start to get nutty, you know, look between the lines. It's easy. Go back to the Diamondbacks last year. We've done it since February, Bry. And Catino, Rich Catino, you know, said today, look, I said back in March, if you can have a, a good one-two, like the Diamondbacks did last year, this team could be competitive. Well, guess what? They have a really good one-two. Now, what's your Subway Series thing? What's that? What's that all about, Bry? Well, we got the Subway Series starting tomorrow, and before today, before before the Mets won, and the Yankees look like they're going to lose, they're losing seven two in the ninth. It was setting up perfectly for you know your traditional. The Mets have resumed their role as you know on a four game losing streak, heading in the wrong direction, and the Yankees have you know rightfully back atop the AL East. And it was setting up that way. It's it's a little bit it's it's more even now with the Yankees coming in off a loss and the Mets coming in off a win, and the two teams essentially with the same record mm-hmm. through the first third of the season. It's it's really shaping up to be a competitive series, which is nice because we've had years where you know the Mets just were not did not belong in the same field as the Yankees, and you went into it and. Yankee fans were kind of like, oh, geez, we got to play this series. You know, this is going to be an easy three games. And Met fans were like, oh, we got to deal with the Yankees. This is this actually has a little juice to it, I think, this year. Well, what do you think about that? I I I totally agree. I, look, I always I don't love it. I don't hate it. I know some people love the Subway Series. Some people hate the Subway Series, uh, which is what I just said: love it or hate it. Um, I'm Johnny Redundant. Uh, I I can get pumped up for it for sure. I mean, once it's going on, I'm I'm in it. Yeah. I mean, once I'm watching the Mets play the Yankees, I really want to win. Of course. I mean, I know I'm not playing, but it, I really really want the Mets to win. Really. Well, and and like the, the Castillo dropped pop-up. Really rough. And that was a game in which the Mets were not really were not going anywhere. They weren't contending. They right. were at, we didn't know that then, though. Well, that team hadn't. That was oh nine or ten. I think it was oh nine. That team hadn't folded up. No, it was K Rod. Also, maybe it was oh nine. So it was oh nine. A lot of the injuries had already happened, though. I, I don't know. I just I, I I don't think they were. I think they were maybe five hundred at the time or something. I don't think they had folded up shop yet. Either way, it sucked. Sucked. And it will forever be played on yes, because you stay classy, Yankees. So here's it, it became it became an instant classic on yes. Um, but I could see it from the players' point of view, where they're like, this Nat series beforehand was more important, right? So the, the import gets put on the Subway series, but the the truth of the matter is they lost two out of three to the Nats, and they really would have liked to have won two out of three. Like, if you're going to flip them, you're going to tell me right now, you could have two out of three against the Nats or two out of three against the Yankees. I want the two out of three against the Nats. I agree with that. Because that's going to mean something at the end of the year. Right. You know, uh, or it means something in the standings. But the two out of three against the Yankees is pretty good. Well, especially now that they've lost two out of three against the Nationals, now you really want. Yeah, now now I now I need the two out of three just to kind of even it up. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to watch, Cal. I'm going to be in Florida. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, going down to see my mom, 
So you're not going to watch it all? I mean, I won't be able to. You'd be following. Well, you you'd be able to. You'd probably be able to watch the Saturday, the Fox game on Saturday. Is it a Fox game on Saturday? You probably get that one. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm taking a little guy down there for the first time. Yeah, so well, you 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 have your you have your app on you. I haven't been to my mother's in four and a half years down in Florida. If I flip on the game, probably trouble. Well, maybe you don't flip it on, but you keep track. Yeah. No, I'll have the iPad close or the iPhone close by. You know what's going on. So what I wanted to talk about is this thing that they do every single year. And when I say they, I mean the media, newspapers. Mm -hmm. Every single year. You don't mean Tom Hanks and the Oneaters? I don't mean them, no. How did we get here? Um, Okay. What do they do? The when, land of Lincoln. <laughs> when you, <laughs> it's a good movie. Good movie. Underrated movie. Tremendously underrated movie. Love that movie. <laughs> um, Hello, Illinois. The land of Lincoln. When you open up the newspaper tomorrow, mm-hmm. all right, you sit down, you got your coffee, <laughs> you got your paper, okay? Your paper, okay. I mean, you're sitting down, you're reading the paper, you're looking at the news, you flip to the back, you open up the paper. What are you going to see on the second page of the sports section? You're going to have a Met game report from today. You're going to have a Yankee game report from today. Then what are you going to see? Big, full-page Mets-Yankees Subway Series. What do you see? Uh, in matchups? Tail of the tape. Tail of the tape. Tail of the tape. The most the most overused gimmick <laughs> in newspaper writing today. The tail I mean, they do a tail of the tape for everything. If the if when the when the Knicks and the Heat were playing in the playoffs, tail of the tape, New York versus Miami. Mm-hmm. Nicknames, Big Apple, South and then they, you know favorite sandwich. And then they, you know, tail of the tape for everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, with the Yankees and the Mets... The Donald versus Mayor Bloomberg, tail of the tape. Right. <laughs> Waist size, you know. Right, yeah. Chris Christie versus uh, Bloomberg. Um, favorite phrase, forget about it. Always. F-U-H-G-E-D-D-A-B. That's always the New York phrase. So, I thought it would be fun. Since, since they do it, why 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 shouldn't we do it? And then when we're done, I'm going to give you the, the punchline to this whole thing. Okay. Let's do a tale of the tape, Mets versus Yankees. Let's go around the horn in honor of the Subway Series. This is the first year that there's been this much juice in it. Okay. It's appropriate. Let's see. What and and we'll see how we'll see kind of how it plays out and we'll do it overall at the end. Okay. Okay, so let's start at first base. Ike Davis <laughs> versus Mark Teixeira. Right. Okay, so second base. Okay, so that's obviously huge advantage Yankees. Edge Yankees, right? <laughs> right, it's always the right. edge. Second Actually, base. in that case, they would put huge edge. Large the, edge. Or big edge or something like that, right. Right. Um, uh, second base, you got Daniel Murphy and Robinson Cano. Big you, edge Yankees. You're going to go big edge. I'll go edge. Okay. It's a big edge. It's a big edge. All Robinson right. Cano is one of the top ten hitters in baseball. It's a big edge. Yeah, well, Daniel Murphy's a three hundred hitter, so big edge. Yeah. Okay, shortstop. Yeah, also, Robinson Cano can feel the ground ball. 
that's also sometimes a prerequisite for a second baseman. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I'm sorry, I'm down on Murph. I just I can't. I'm down on him too, but I. I'm and, the re- and I get down on him because he takes his hitting out into the field too. Just, I get I get down on it. Just get the funk out. It sounds like a song. Get down on it. Ow! Wow, that was. I nailed it there. The earth, wind, and fire. Who is that? Is that the Oak Ridge Boys? Uh, shortstop. Uh, and, and I'll, t- I'll tell we, you how it was. We don't know who's playing shortstop. Well, and that's how it was presented. Derek Jeter versus whoever's playing shortstop. All right, the sixth string shortstop for the Mets. All right, so obviously it's Derek Jeter against any... Big edge. Any cast of cast. Although, by the way, Derek Jeter in his last 25 games, 238 mm. with a 275 on base percentage. Okay. So maybe the resurrection of his uh, career... Might be waning a bit. Go on. They didn't. They don't have that four thousand hit graphic all queued up at Yankee Stadium for this year. <laughs> right. Oh, Capitan. <laughs> uh, third base, Alex Rodriguez versus David Wright. Edge Mets. There's your edge. You got an edge for There's the your edge. No, you know who has an edge. Derek the guy shortstop has an edge as well. That's correct. So has an edge. Left field. Let's go with Jason Bay. Jason Bay will probably play the series. So let's look at Jason Bay versus uh, who's Raul, in left field? Raul Abanez. Raul Abanez. Uh, that's the even. I actually got to give the edge to the Yankees because Abanez Abanez has been good. Slight edge, Yankees. Slight edge. Okay. Uh, center field, whether it's Kirk Newenheis or Andres Torres, yeah, versus Curtis Granderson. Granderson. Okay. Edge okay. Yankees. Edge Yankees. Uh, right field, Lucas Duda, Nick Swisher. I'm going to go edge Duda, but uh, only a slight one. Okay. Because he's, he's hot right now. He's got 10 home runs. He's got, you know, 40 RBIs. They actually, I think their home, their power numbers are almost identical. They yeah. Both have like 30 I'm going to go, I'm going to go Duda. Okay. So. Uh, your catcher, Russell Martin, Josh Tolley. I'm going to go Tolley. Fair enough. Hitting 300, you know, 350 on base percentage. I mean, totally. Okay. I mean, I mean, Russell Martin is hitting like 186, isn't he? Or is that me? Uh, he's like 204. Did he get over 200? He's over 200 now. Okay. Yeah. I, like I said, totally edge. Okay. Good. Now let's look at the pitching. Oh boy. Let's look at the starting pitching. Now, what we're gonna do for does starting... Jeter still have an edge? Bruh, you know he's got an edge. Thank you. Okay, moving on to the pitching. We're going to go with the starters in this series. We're not going to go... Yeah, well, yeah, it'd be dopey not to, right? Oh, really? It would be. It would be. Okay. But let's go with this. You're right. But let's go with the starters for the series. Well, no. Are, are you saying that somebody did the starters overall? Well, let's just say uh, C.C. Sabathia's numbers were included. In the starters... In starters of Mets versus Yankees. In the starting tell of the tape for Mets versus Yankees this weekend. C.C. Sabathia was included. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was R.A. Dickey? Uh, I believe he was. Okay. But still. Uh, so we're looking at, still for, the, for the Yankees, Kuroda. Versus Santana. Billy Hughes. Oh, we're doing overall? Should we're, we doing do... o- we're doing overall. We're no, doing, that's, we're that doing doesn't three... make any sense. You don't want to do three? <laughs> <laughs> Two game by game. 
doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> that ain't crazy. All right. Let's do, all right, you want to, we'll do it your way. Let's do it your way. Well, I'm, I was trying to be consistent because there's a punchline. Okay. All right, let's do it your way. I like your way. Well, back. you can do series-wise for the position players, but the pitchers, it makes no sense to tell me what Johan Santana compares to Phil Hughes. Well, it was they're a, not going against each other. It is a collective group. It was the, it was the Kuroda Hughes Pettit versus Santana G. Meese. Let's do it your way. Santana versus Kuroda. Santana. Uh, G versus Hughes. Even. Mm. Although G's been better. Well, let's give let's we'll give it even. Yeah, we'll give that even because Hughes is coming off a you know complete game shutout or whatever. But G has been better. All right, and then I, you'll have to recuse yourself from the last one because of your personal <laughs> feelings. It could have been Pettit versus Jeremy Hefner, and you wouldn't be able to judge this one. So, uh, I would, I would, I would, I'll, I'll take this one, and I think it's fair to say, uh, even, Pettit and Nice. Pettit and Nice, yeah, uh, that's even. I think it's even. Pettit has pitched good. Pettit has pitched great. You know, he's a, it's like adding a twenty-game winner in the middle of the season. That's, uh, that's what everybody keeps telling me. At forty years old. Now let's look at the bullpen. Cheater. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, let's look at the bullpen. Right. The two bullpens. Now, this you do collectively. You got to do this as a collective group. Yeah. Um, Give me your bullpen. Edge Yankees. Edge Gotta Yankees. Got to be. Okay. I mean, even without Robertson or, or Mariano. Got to be. Mets bullpen has just been – the Mets bullpen has a 6 ERA. Okay. <laughs> collectively. Uh, the bench – no. Who's got a better bench? No Baxter. Um, well, there's a DH in this series, too. There is a DH, but we don't know who's going to DH, so we got to do this as a... Well, for the Mets, it'll be... Uh, it, could, it could be any cast of characters. Yeah, you, although you, you got to figure Hairston's going to get some at-bats. We'll certainly start against Pettit. Right. He'll probably start against Hughes, too. Um, Doubtful. Harrison's, uh, uh, I bet I say bench is even. I say it's probably even because Harris. I mean, Harrison's been ridiculous. He's got nine home runs off the bench. Are you saying it's even because you don't know who's on the Yankees bench? That's correct. Okay, because I have no idea. Well, there's Nooney. I know that. No, Nooney's in the minors. Oh, he's in the minors. I sound right. I don't know. I don't. I do not know who's on the Yankees. Well, bench. there's Guardy. Guardy's hurt. Guardy's still hurt. Are there any other uh, hockey player sounding guys? Uh, uh, Chavez. They have Eric Chavez. They oh. have uh, some Dewin Wise, Dwayne Wise, Dwayne Wise. Yeah, Wisey. I'm gonna give the edge to the Mets then, just because Harrison's been so good. Yeah, I think that's a fair that's a fair edge, and and whoever doesn't play in that outfield rotation, right, it's coming off the bench and it's probably Torres. a good option too. Yeah, could be Torres. Could be Torres. Um, manager. Oh. I give the edge to – I'd say it's even. Actually, you know what? I give the edge to TC. He's a better in-game manager. Okay. Joe Girardi it leaves a lot to – anytime you walk a guy on opening day with your ace on the mound in the first inning. Mm. Sorry. He will forever lose the edge battle this season. Have you seen the Have you seen the, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial? I have. I enjoyed it. I like it. Yeah. 
that Terry Collins can't be looking at the camera, though. I mean, he's got to look at the camera. He's looking off camera. He's just very distracting. Yes, it's toasted. That's the Subway commercial. Yes, that was the old Willie Randolph. It's a lot of meat. <laughs> Tory commercial. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. Uh, Went around the horn. Overall, give me what it is. What is it? Overall, Edge Yankees. Series, edge Yankees. Huge Edge. You're gonna go Huge Edge. Yes, they have edges at seven of nine <laughs> positions. Give me the outcome of this series. Yankees sweep. <laughs> Did I ruin it? Okay. So you think the Yankees are gonna sweep? No, I don't. Uh, uh, Yankees will win two or three. Mets, see, Mets will win the Santana game tomorrow. Night. Right, so now wouldn't the Yankees sweep be ridiculous? <laughs> wow. Would, and I just wasted 20 minutes. No, no, it would say, what was it? <laughs> Cheers. Wait, the punchline is... The punchline is the Yankees are going to sweep. Right. And I thought that that was ridiculous. You thought that the Yankees sweeping would be ridiculous. Yeah, I, I fed right into it. Fed right in, right. Fed right into it. I was, I was, was a gong show music for that. I was, uh, I, I was being facetious though, Bri. Honestly, if you want my honest opinion on this series, I think the Mets will. Uh, I think the Yankees will probably win two out of three. Okay. If only because uh, they are better suited to uh, have a DH, and and uh, it's a very tough lineup for Santana. Very tough lineup, uh, and, you know, and we don't know he's going to come back. Yet. A very tough lineup for Nice. You know, the, you know who's the guy who I think does the best against that lineup? G. I, I really do. I, I think G does the best against that lineup. All right. Because he's he's always pitching on guile. <laughs> you know, he's seldom pitching on stuff. So he knows how to he. He knows how to pitch to a lineup like that. He has to do it every time he goes out. Sure. You know what I mean? Santana uh, knows how to, too, but it's just a very difficult lineup for Santana. I think they could get two out of three. Pettit always gives them fits. I mean, I could see Pettit throwing a, you know, not eight innings of two-hit ball. Mm-hmm. Even though they, they you know, uh, you get Harrison in that lineup, Bay in that lineup. but They do hit lefties well this year. And they do hit lefties well this year. And a lot of like, Harrison. Right, right. Well, Obviously, a lot of that is Harrison, though. Too, you'll see, you'll see Rotino in that game, probably. Oof, will he really? Yeah, with, I bet you. I bet with you Bay back, uh, you uh, maybe me might see Torres instead. Yeah, exactly. I think you and and you know what? You might not see. Well, you won't see Ike Davis. Mm. You might see Rotino at first. Hey, if Ike has a huge two days, maybe you pitch him against Pettit so he can strike out four times. Do you? Do, yeah. He 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 approaches at bats against lefties like the and I said this the other night like the worst little leaguer on your team approached any at bat ever. Yeah, the right fielder that you really don't want up in a big spot. Right, like you have to tell him put no turn your helmet around, son. It's the other way. <laughs> right? No, and, no, 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 no. The the yeah. the skinny end of the bat. That's the one you want to. I understand. I understand that, that the plate is the base, but you don't stand on it. That's. I mean, when you watch him swing, it's tough. It's tough. He's embarrassed. It's tough to watch. So anyway, I gotta. Uh, I. I. By the way, I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. 
It was not a waste of 20 minutes. I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And you're absolutely right. There will be a tail of the tape in the paper tomorrow, and that will be exactly it. And you know what? Let's let's go Mets. Take two out of three. Bingo, bango. Boom, boom, boom. Are we going to do the fun load? We are, but I have a couple of random ones to throw at you. Oh, great. Unloadlets. Unloadlets. Right. Is that what we used to call them? <laughs> what did we call them? We did. We had, a, we had like a segment. Uh, I missed the Doctor is In segment. That was good, too. That was fun. Uh, okay. Uh, the Belmont this weekend. Chance for a triple count. Uh, crown. Care? Don't care. Don't care. Won't even watch it. Uh, no, because the because the ball game will be on at the same time. Won't even put it on. Nope. TV. Nope. Nope. Really? In my world, Met Yankees is, is you know is is so far more important. I'll check in and and oh that's cool. Right. They won the triple crown. Wow. It's like a two and a half minute race though. Like you can't flip over and watch a two and a half minute race just to see if there's a triple crown winner. I suppose I should, huh? I'm just saying. All right. I'll watch. Okay. I'll watch. I'm in. You got me. Good. Triple crown. Next. I'll have another. Next. Uh, the Devils uh, get a win last night, make it 3-1. to one. Uh, However, the Kings are rampaging. Um, do they have any sort of shot in this series? No. That's over. That's over. Have you watched any of it? No. Disgrace. Me neither. Have you? Have you? Me neither. Disgrazi. Yeah. Disgrazi. Lost, lost a lot of interest, you know? It's uh, it's like an insomnia. Uh, yeah. I'm just... It's just the minute the Rangers were out, you know, and hating on the Rangers was not an option anymore. Uh, you know what, though? I really, and this is going to be terrible, I really don't want the Devils to win. As much as I love Brodeur, I don't want them to have four cups. i got to be honest. I could care less. No, I don't want them to have four cups. That's our that's our thing, Bri. Okay. The, the four cups thing is our thing. All right, no, I get that. That's Billy Smith's thing, too. Like, I love Brodeur. I don't want him to have four cups. I want that exclusively for William, for Billy Smith. Number 31 in your programs, by the way, folks. Don't come into that crease, Cal. To knock you out. Yep. Uh, cold cock you. Last, uh, last unload lit. <laughs> cold cock you. Remember that? remember that one? <laughs> do you remember it? I think I do. SNL? What is it? Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry doing the Regis and Kathy Lee spoof, and he was talking about Sheen. Sheen. He'll knock you out. He'll cold cock you. He'll cold cock you. Sheen. <laughs> oh, they, need a, they need a Will Ferrell. They do. They need a Will Ferrell. I watched the trailer for Anchorman 2, by the way. What, did you see both of them? Uh, there's two? There's two very, very similar. Come on. There are 30 seconds. If I Listen, if you're going to make me watch the Belmont <laughs> two and a half minutes, All go, right, watch, watch. go watch the other 30-second trailer for Anchorman. The other one was, the one I saw was magnificent. Yeah, it's just as good. And I, I totally agree with uh, the bishop in that uh, I think they had a couple of drinks and then went out there and did it. Totally agree. Okay, last unload lit. Um... The uh, the basketball. Uh-huh. Uh, Oak City. Surprised that they beat the Spurs. Did you see any of it? I watched one of the games. I can't remember which one. Okay. Uh, I think I want to see game 
five because it was pivotal. Right. Do you have any sort of uh, vested investment in the Celtics winning and beating the Heat and LeBron not getting to the finals? Yeah, I really – it's – but do you know what happened tonight? I don't. Uh, the Heat won by 20? I've been here doing a show with you. You know what I'm saying to you? Well, you know, I'm keeping tabs. The Heat won by 20? In Boston. In Boston. The Celtics had a chance to eliminate the Heat. Yep. LeBron James put up 45 points, Oof. and the Heat won by 20. He had that night. He had that night. Yeah, Everybody, Everybody's been asking him to have. Yep. Um, I had a vested interest in it. I really, really wanted the Celtics to win. Right. Well, back up. Really wanted the Heat to lose. Right. And we want uh, Oak City then after that. Yeah, they, they, they're they're a real likable team. And I, and to answer your question, very surprised that they won four straight over San yeah. Antonio. Yeah. Not not surprised that they won the series, but that they came back. I mean, after the first two games, it looked like they were left for dead. Yes, it looked so, like it looked like the the Spurs were playing basketball that like you used to practice in Hickory. You know, when the ball wasn't touching the floor, five passes, guys. Put, I mean, it was just they were playing a ridiculous brand of basketball. Yeah, they're like nobody's going to beat them if they do this. No one, no one's ever going to beat them. I'll check in on the finals. How about you? Oh, uh, oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. No, for sure. I like Durant. I I really like Durant a lot, right? A lot. And uh, I have some uh, some in law type relatives there. Okay. In uh, Oklahoma, that have uh, my uh, Teresa's cousin uh, Levy has gone to a couple of games and sort of gotten into it a little bit. And uh, so yeah, go go Oak C. Yeah, I, I can get behind them. Poor people right. in Seattle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's kind of sucks. I know, but they had grunge. I mean, so it worked out. That's true. You know, I mean, giveth and taketh away. They had Sean Kemp. They had years of Sean Kemp. They they have a lot of children there from Sean Kemp, I'm sure, that live in the Seattle area. <laughs> Didn't he have like 17 kids? Yeah, could you? He did have a lot, and he was pretty prolific in that area. And it, it gets me thinking of Antonio Cromartie too. That's if right. You could put their kids together. What a team! It's like an entire football forty-five man roster. <laughs> I believe Sean Kemp. It was uh, seventeen children. Was it that many? That seems a lot. That's busy. Seventeen. I don't. I don't. I don't have the time. I don't know where he gets that. I'm fatigued with the one. Very fatigued. No wonder he quickly faded out. He must have been exhausted. Well, I can't imagine Sean Kemp spent a lot of time at home, <laughs> and not because he was an absentee father. I don't want to. I don't want to paint him in a bad light, but he was a professional basketball player. He's on the road constantly. I think I've taken care of the bad light thing. Have you? I think I, I, think I have that covered. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's time for the fun load. Uh, if I could find the uh, the thing, the gumazigam. How do you say? How do you Americans say pinoli cookies? Oh, those are very good. Oh, I love pinoli cookies. Love them. And what about Schweigadel? Let's not even get started with that. Oh, um, my. <laughs> you know what? I'm going down to Florida to see my mom tomorrow. There's You're going to have some Schweigadel. There's going to be a lot of umarongs. Yeah. The question wasn't what time are you getting here? What 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 do I need for the baby? It's 
Well, she did ask that, but then shortly thereafter she said, uh, what do you want me to make? Right. What do you want me to make? You want uh, go get seal? What do you want? What do you want? Does she make a nice antipast? Oh, please. Please. Because we're not saying. I found a bakery. That's not true. My mother found a bakery that sells frozen Swilliadel. Really? Mm. And you bake them at home and throw them off the table when they're 325 degrees. (laughs) Magnificent. And that's oh, that's the way to do it, boys. I got the I got the kind of my my here's here will be the amazing thing, guys. I'll get down there. It's just my mom and her friend Carmen, right? Carmen known her all her life. You know Carmen. I mean, even you know PJ knows Carmen. Uh, my mother's uh, and her are like sisters, and uh, it's just the two of them in that house. I could the show six up. Six times I went to your house in Long Island. Yes. Your mother was on the phone with Carmen the whole time. Right. Or Carmen was there. Was there. Correct. Most of the time was there. So just the two of them in the house. If I showed up with 37 people, there would be enough food for the whole weekend. Enough, uh, plenty of food. Waiting for the, you. the woman still has a meat freezer in the garage. Two people there. It's got to be, and it's full at all times. All times. When are you going? You're going down tomorrow? Yeah. Separate freezer and separate refrigerator in the garage. Right. The gar- Yeah, the refrigerator, too. Yeah. Just for the meats yeah. in the freezer. It's the two of them. But if the Sixth Fleet should show up, yeah, we're covered. Who who wants who wants Gigi's embossed? If you're going, so you're going down tomorrow, give me an approximate time that the gravy goes on the stove. Oh, I, 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 I mean, she's there. Things are being pre-made, right? All the meatballs are made. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were easily thirty to forty meatballs made today, right? Just to have them, just to have them. The chicken cutlets are made, nice, without a doubt, because you wanted something to pick. You need something to pick on. That's not for a meal, mind you. No, no, no. That's just to go into the refrigerator and have a meatball or, or chicken cutlet. Nice loaf of Italian bread. Oh. You got to put the the chicken on the bread. She's been down there long enough to know where to get these things, obviously. So, Stephen, they have the boar's head cold cuts, I'm told, which is very exciting. You know, Publix has the boar's head cold cuts now. This is news. This passes for – this is informational. This is like breaking. <laughs> this is breaking news for my mom. Does she oh, um, Does she listen to the Italian music when she cooks? No. Okay. No, that was my grandma. grandma. That's my grandmother, too. Right. My mom uh, is always cooking. Um, Not a cleaner. Not a cleaner. And she she won't have any problem with me saying this. My mother does not clean. She's not great at it. That was always my job. She throws you the mapine. That's it. Absolutely. But always cooking. Always. Is that why why Carmen's there? That's correct. (laughs) That's correct. It really is a good because Carmen's a, a very good cook too. But Carmen is uh, is the yes, she does the cleaning. You know, you think of the scene in Glengarry with ABC. <laughs> it's for my mom. It's always be cooking somewhere. Somewhere Alec Baldwin went down there and was like ABC. Okay, A always B B C cooking. Always be cooking. 
You see those ingredients you got there? I could go out tonight. Tonight, with the ingredients you got, and make a gravy. Could you? Could you? And that's who I am. Sorry. Little little Glenn Gary there for you. That was good. I felt that one. <laughs> um yeah, so it'll be it'll be a uh I think I'm getting uh beef paprika on Saturday night. Oh. And I, with the wide noodles. Nice. Those yeah. are noodles though, that's not macaroni. No, the noodles are noodles. Yeah, that's the Dutch style Right, the egg noodles. That's, that's an egg noodle, right. That's right. right. And the beef paprika is nice. No, the macaroni is the linguine or the spaghetti. Yeah, we'll have that on Sunday. Right. No definitely. at two o'clock. Well, after SeaWorld. We're going to SeaWorld on Sunday. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, okay. Taking us to SeaWorld. Nice. Huh? Now, will, will the, now, does the family eat the food? What do you mean? Do they, do they, I mean, Wes, Wes probably hasn't had too much of your mother's cooking, right? No, no, but I mean, he's, he's had meatballs. He's had, you know, I made meatballs nice. He liked um, them? He loved it. He ate it up. This is, I mean, that's the big thing, Brian. You know that with the grandkids. Right. Like this is my mother for some reason Wesley had to eat a meatball when he was like 8 minutes old. <laughs> like it's like you know Pete you got you probably got the same thing with Lily and Dan. Like it's, it's you know and you it, got the picture with the kid with sauce all over the face. That's right. It's some right. sort of sign that uh it's a good child if he's had a uh, you know eggplant parmesan when he's uh 10 months oh, old. Oh, he eats nice. He eats nice. He's good. <laughs> yeah. Going to be my... strong, this one. He's... <laughs> he... Look, he looks for it. He looks for it. My Look, daughter, he... My he... Was... meatballs. He looks for it. So it was four years old. She was eating gugutio, and, nice. and my, my grandmother got the biggest kick out of that. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I... look at the baby. <laughs> look at the baby. She's eating gugutio. She's four years old. She's a baby. Look at the baby. <laughs> Ralphie, Ralphie, give the baby some more. <laughs> so. Peach, do you have the the Gugget Seal? Do you know from the Gugget Seal? No, sir. Wow. And you're Italian. I'm surprised. True. Peach, uh, Cal, d- describe the Gugget Seal to Peach. Gugget Seal would be what? Zucchini? Yes. It's a nice zucchini. You slice it nice and thin. Mm-hmm. You put it in the in the olive oil with the garlic. Mm-hmm. And uh, cheese. You should, a little cheese. And cheese, yeah. Uh, we don't now, know, we uh, grew that. Parmesan cheese in ours. Yeah. We grew that. Like My a, dad had a system of trellises, and we grew goguts. Right. Uh, 15 yeah. feet high, the plants were, and we would grow them as long as baseball bats. Right. <laughs> but my dad usually gave them all away. Right. The, the, he, didn't the, actually, he didn't actually enjoy the taste. He's just a good gardener. The stalks, the stalks were so high that you know, at one point Marlon Brando was running around there with a, the lemon well, in his act, mouth. Actually, as a joke, I waited till my sister was out of the house once, and I ran all of the vines into her window. <laughs> and when she came home, her whole room was taken over. It was great. Right. Well, but that—that's all. That's magnificent. That's all the uh, gugutz is. It's the that zucchini. Yeah. yeah, it's just so, the way it's just the way it's prepared. So cooking seal is just a way of preparing it. Well, we we only had the uh, fried squash over spaghetti. That was the only way it was served. That's nice, though. Not not its own dish. Right. I, That's I, nice. I didn't like it that way. And uh, for years, <laughs> whatever that fat bastard didn't like didn't get cooked. <laughs> 
forget about the other <clears throat> three people in the house. It just didn't happen. You've heard about the fish. We've been there. Right. <laughs> no fish allowed. Let's go down that route. Yes, the uh, the Gugged seal, I don't know if he'll eat it, but uh, my mother would probably have a, a, a sweet conniption if uh, she made Gugged seal and Wesley was eating it. It would be that exact thing that you described, Cal. He's eating it! It's, he eats it! It's a very odd thing for, for a young child to eat that. That's, a, that's an acquired taste. It really, i, I got to be honest with you, I'm not a fan. Be- no? Because of the it way can be it's bitter. That's yeah. why. And also, sure. the, the way that they make it in my family, it does not look unlike vomit. <laughs> because oh, it dear. sort of gets it sort of gets reddish or whatever, and and the, there's it just whatever. But you know, Scott. What is this now? An episode of the Chew? My God. <laughs> we have turned this into the Chew. Let's talk about fine. Anyway, I'm gonna be fat when I get back on Monday. Let's talk about uh. Like you could. <laughs> let's talk about what I wanted to talk about in the fun load, which is PJ. The Olympics are coming. Yay! And we, Cal, we, we here on our little goofy podcast. It's not goofy. It's 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 uh, our thing. It's like La Cosa Nostra. It is kind of goofy from time to time. Yes. We have a unique in to the Olympics. PJ is going to be working on shows that are about the Olympics. Well. I am deeply involved with the U.S. Olympic Committee's television and internet presence. It's true. I like the way you said that even, Peach. It sounded like really important. Wow. Yeah, it did. Good job. Thank you. Uh, Cal, will you get into the Olympics? Do you like the Olympics? We've had the winter. We we haven't had the... Yeah. No, I I much prefer... I have to say, I much prefer the winter Olympics. Wow. Much prefer it. No Belmont, no Summer Olympics. I didn't say no Summer Olympics. I'll, I'll check in on the Summer Olympics from time to time. I mean, it's all it's on. Phelps a couple years ago, nothing? I did, I, I did no. I, I was into Phelps. That was exciting. All right. The basketball, I can't get into. Well, nobody can get into the basketball anymore. It's a goof. Uh, the track it's like, is... like the hockey. You can't really get into the hockey anymore as as well because they're... Oh, no, no, no. The, when, the, when they had the hockey in the U.S. and Canada were in the gold medal game two years ago... But did it? But they, the American well, had pros again, right? Yeah, no, they were all pros. But still, it was, it was. It was I, I was I into it, but it was not the same. Not as good as when they're amateurs. Well, that's true. Not as good when it was LeBlanc. Save LeBlanc. Ray LeBlanc. Um, not Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> hey, how you doing? How you doing? Terrible, terrible, terrible. Where'd my Tri- career go? Why did I take that role? <laughs> I like that he's doing that other show though, and extras. that he and that he got some uh, acclaim for it. Uh, no, not extras. Uh, I mean, he did extras the Ricky Gervais show, but the, right. the other show based on him, like he's playing himself. Oh, Joey? No, <laughs> no not Joey. <laughs> You walked him into that, Steve. That wasn't yeah, I, did. I really did. No, the, the is based on a British show where the there's writers who are writing a. Oh, I'm butchering this. It's another show. It's not extra. And it's not Joey. And it's not extra either. It's not Pat O'Brien. <laughs> ah. Hey, is that how it really happens? Uh, like how Joey, the premise of Joey. 
struggling actor in New York heads out to Los Angeles, and is that how it happens? Yep. That's, that was very true to life. <laughs> glamorous. What a yep. what a glamorous life. Very, very true to life. Beautiful, huge apartment right on the beach. Yeah, you just move out there. They just huge. Give, just give it away. They just give it away there. All kinds of roles. You know, you know what the most accurate, to me, the most accurate uh, uh, movie that depicts what actually happens with Swingers. That's why Swingers is so great. Because that's that's what happened. You moved out there. You did one little thing in New York, uh, acting-wise. You moved out to L.A. because they made it, to, to quote the movie, they made it sound like they were handing out pilots when you got off the plane. Okay? You struggled. You got the role as guy behind the guy. Yeah, But you got your card, got into SAG, got into the unions. You had a little tiny apartment in Los Feliz. By the way, I had that same apartment. Literally. I had a studio apartment just like the one he has in the movie. Wasn't okay. it a beachfront apartment with a huge window? and No, sir. You didn't have that? You had a bunch of actor friends who were all, quote-unquote, making it. Mm. And you went to bars without signs and names. Kind of like a speakeasy. Kind of feels like if you can find it, you're... <laughs> You're cool. I'm telling you, Swingers, it was my experience in Los Angeles. Wow. That's what happens when a New York actor, at least then, things are different now. But anyway, Swingers is... It's not not Joey. Swingers is spot on. Spot on. Now, let's, let's just in defense of Joey, Cal. He had been on Days of Our Lives and Mac and Cheese. Right. So he had a couple of big roles. He had done two series. Right. Uh, you know, he had he had done a soap and he had done a series. Not uh, not not out of the realm of possibility that he would go out to LA, have some money saved up, be able to work. Episodes. That's right. So I just defended Joey there. No, episodes was the name of the show that he's on. Yes, not extras, episodes. Episodes. But I just defended Joey there. I feel the defense rests. Okay. Joey was a better character than you realize. That's right. Go back and watch it again. You, you're talking about on Friends. On Friends, yeah. Absolutely. Especially the early years. Then they made him you, too dumb. You think? Yes, absolutely. The last three seasons of that show, he's just way too dumb. He's a caricature. He is. Like, he's he's lovable dopey. Unlike Phoebe, who bloomed. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was yeah, she was grounded in some reality there at least. <laughs> uh, what, what should we what should we be excited about with the Olympics? Obviously, we'll talk about it more when it's on. But I love the Summer Olympics. The gymnastics you can't get into the gymnastics. There's got to be a story. There's got to be a got to be a hook for me. There's always a story. It's the Olympics. Well, this is, no, this is what we do. This is what my company does. Is when, whenever you see. What, you know, when Costas introduces somebody and then they cut to their biography package. Right, um, that's what you're putting together. That's what we're that's what we're putting together. That's what tells me. Um, and we're also uh, getting in touch with the internet. Oh, the not just you know, just in time. A little bit late to the party. They're like, can, right. can we get on YouTube? Are we allowed to be on YouTube? We're like, yes. You you should put all of this. Yeah, online. and just. 
just a shade under a decade. Good job, everybody. Right. Yeah, you, you're going to spend nine million dollars on it. Don't just put it on Saturday at noon on NBC. Yeah, <laughs> it could be seen more than once. Trust us. What? Uh, what? Uh, any early stories that we should? Because the Olympics is what, like two weeks away, three weeks away. Um. Well, I, what? What? what what I'm doing right now is is no one up and coming. I'm hand, I'm on something called the Hall of Fame, oh. which is sort of predictable. <laughs> you know, all you know, your Mark your Mark Spitz. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna name the, the the nine people that you could name when you say Olympics. You know, Flo Joe, fine. Bruce Jenner, Phelps, as you said. Although we did we did you know our first interviews with Phelps when he was 14. Wow. We had him. See that guy's that guy's remarkable to me, Cal. I got yes. I got into it in '08. I got yeah, into that much. Phelps. Oh, I was up at you know twelve thirty watching that race where he won by a, you know the millisecond or whatever. Wow. Okay. He, he and may I be was, a superhuman. Actually, I was. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. He's part superhero. Yeah, he might be an X Men. We're not sure. On his on his grandfather's side. Yeah. No, he's he's ridiculous, Cal. I got into it big time. I mean, I was up cheering at twelve thirty at night watching him. Uh, you know, uh, in that one race where he won by it was remarkable, remarkable what he did. Yeah, no, it was impressive. I can uh, I can get into the gymnastics. Uh, women. Look, there there are guys <laughs> talk about Michael Phelps. There are guys who shave their entire bodies. You know, to to be uh, frictionless in the water. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's allowed, that they'll put on those uh, speedo bodysuits, right? Which again reduces it even further. And Phelps just gets up in the morning, eats a cheeseburger, and jumps in the pool and kills these people. Right. <laughs> it smokes a bong, you know, lights up yeah. a bong, eats a cheeseburger, yeah. and smokes right. them. Right. He's he's you know he's he's forgotten his uh, his cap, his hair cap. Right. And still wins. You know, right. it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, like. He's just that good. He, he jumps in the pool and he's like, "I need to win this one." Then he's gonna win. Yeah. He he. Uh, all these guys trying to reduce drag, and uh, right. he's he's wearing he's wearing like uh, Umbros. <laughs> he just doesn't care, right? I forgot my trunks. I'm just gonna wear these shorts. I'm just gonna wear these. <laughs> just gonna wear these jean shorts. He's in his clothes. All right. I'm just gonna swim in these jean shorts. It's cool. <laughs> Cut off. You gotta, you gotta keep the belt on it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't want him to fall down. Look ridiculous. Uh, so is he back? By the way, is he competing in these Olympiad? Uh, I believe so. I mean, he can, right? It's not like he went pro. No. And he's no. <laughs> he's doing no, swimmers he, on ice or something. He did. A, he did have some troubles. I don't believe they've tested him yet. Well, that's the the great thing about him, though, is that his troubles are, you know, not related to performance-enhancing drugs, unless he swims a lot faster when he's baked. They're just frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, it's still, I mean, that's better than, you know, him testing positive for PEDs or something like that. Like, uh, all right. I I did not uh, know if he was I didn't know if he retired or whatever. Like what what does he have left to prove? Well, he can win another eight gold medals. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to tarnish it, though. I don't know. I'd be afraid of tarnishing it. Not anyway. He's so I, I got to look into it. There's, there's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going in tomorrow to, uh, to deal with it closer. So. Well, will you be our uh, official Olympic correspondent? Sure. Can I have you know music what, for it? That well, that's what I was just going to say. You know that involves a package, production package. Nice. Put a little something together, my friend. Can I ask a question, PJ? You, you probably know this. Is Wimbledon going to be happening at the same time the Olympics are happening over there? Wimbledon will be done by July 4th or 5th. And when are the Olympics? When do they start? I don't know. When do they start? When do they start? <laughs> Olympics, Olympics, boom, boom, boom. Olympics. When do they start? When do they start? <laughs> or, or, or would that be getting actually to your question, which is, are they going to happen simultaneously? Yeah. I, I just I, that seemed fascinating to me that they're both going to be in in England. Yep, in London. In London. That was a magnificent Francesa, by the way, Cal. That I was love, very I love, when he, I love when he does that. <laughs> Such great radio. Let's see here. Uh, the Olympics. Uh, oh well. Uh, oh well. Y M P I C. Olympics. 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 Let's see. July twenty seventh through August twelfth. Oh, okay. So we're gonna miss it. We'll miss so we, it by. We'll miss it by a fortnight. We got a. <laughs> how many stone? A twelve. <laughs> twelve stone. Uh, uh, well, good. So we got some time to put together that Olympic package, Peach. Thank you. <laughs> That's what she said. All right. That is going to wrap up episode 3.22. Please go to the iTunes store and check out Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Just go to iTunes search ready to unload and there we are boom 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 bing 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 iTunes let's see iTunes <laughs> da, 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 iTunes uh, PJ final unload Kurt Schilling just cause you're in a couple of video games doesn't mean you should start your own video game company going bankrupt 400 million in the hole well done sir Wait, I have to say something about that. Oh, Peach, you're so right. And here's what's even better. I'm not mixing politics and sports, but you can't come out and rail against bailouts and government-sponsored stuff and then take $400 million from the government. There you go. And then and then complain when the government asks for it back. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Different okay. when you do it. Whew. Wow, your head looked like it was actually going to explode <laughs> when he started talking about that. Cal final unload. He's just surprised I know who Kurt Schilling is. That's right, and impressed. Hey, this past weekend, Tiger Woods won his 73rd career PGA tournament. We apologize to Tiger Woods. We were going to get to you tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tiger Woods. We'll get you next week, brother. I love you, though. And my final unload is... Uh, at I am happy about many things when it comes to the Johan Santana no-hitter for the Mets, but maybe the biggest benefit 
of him pitching no hitter is I have gotten one of my best friends back into the Mets. Welcome back, K Mac. We missed you. Kevin is back, Cal. He's back full. I'm getting texts during the Met game, so this may be the best thing to come out of the Johan Santana no hitter. All right. That is all the time we have. I even had to replay the music. Uh, we will see you guys next week for Brian Calvi and TJ Cachofo. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>